Drafting the Dregs, all things EPL Draft Fantasy. Uh, you're with the boys here today. My name's Isaac. We've got Mick. We've got Gilby. And back with us, with us this week after a uh, bit of a scandal broken by Gilby, we've got Dave. How are you doing, Dave? You, you feeling okay? Yeah, parole's good, thanks. Oh, good. Lovely. Because, uh, Gilby, you, you had a bit of news about Dave uh, potentially a uh, bit of a... Doing a bit of a uh, bit of drug testing, maybe some performance enhancing yeah, oh man, the, the, drugs. There's been a lot of people who've been required to pass some tests recently for other things, but mm. my mail is Dave was being required to pass other tests as part Ooh. of his isolation. But um, I don't know if that can be revealed publicly at the moment. It's definitely not performance enhancing. We'll uh, we'll get to that later, but yeah. <laughs> oh. Not good, not good at all. Sorry to hear that, Dave. It would have been better if it was, obviously, but uh, never mind. Look, we're we've got a, a a lot to talk about this week, and but it would be remiss of me to mention um our social media. So uh, we're on Twitter at the moment. That's sort of the only social media platform we're we're currently on. But um, I'm pretty sure it's drafting underscore dregs at drafting underscore dregs on Twitter, and um we like to get on there, have a bit of banter. Uh, let you know when the podcast is out. And um, Dave, you put up a really good post the other day just reminding us that uh, you're back on board, um, that I need to stop talking about things that uh, the listeners, or what, things that have already happened when the listeners are listening. Um, but one thing I just want to touch on, just for way of mentioning, you said that, you know, for the three people that were listening, um, in fact, there was only one listen to that podcast last week. So it was only you. Um, it was only me then. It was only you. Yeah, so great. You know, let, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, uh, we're we're building our listenership, but uh, you know, may, maybe three is a bit too bit too many to predict at this point in time, Dave. Yeah, good things uh, take time, right, Isaac? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, look, let's get into our moments of the round. So. Each of us, we, we have a moment of the round that we, we want to sort of talk about, discuss, um, and then we'll jump into what our predictions were for, for game week four. So moments of the round, we might start with Dave, if that's okay, Dave. You, you, uh, we'll get you in early considering you weren't with us last week for uh, undisclosed reasons. What, what were your moments of the round? Yeah, moments, uh, plural. I've taken a bit of Ooh. poetic license here and I'm going with three threes. So the first one is that obviously my team that I support is Watford had a great start to the season beating Aston Villa somewhat unexpectedly. Uh, And that was a good way to get off the mark game week one with three points. And after four game weeks, we still have those three points. They can't take it off us. Uh, But we've not scored a goal since or at least not one in the correct net. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, potentially troubling times at Vicarage Road. Um, I would not like to be in our manager Cisco's shoes right now because we do not have a great track record uh, when it comes to giving managers time to perform. Um, and as we mentioned two podcasts ago, our leader of the team, Troy Deeney, whilst he hasn't been on the pitch a lot in the last few years, uh, he's been shipped out to Birmingham, his childhood team, 
uh, and there's a good chance that we're missing his influence uh, in the back room. Isaac? Yeah, well, I was just going to say a bit of a shout out to to Troy Denny. Um, ben Foster, who is your backup goalkeeper at the moment, it seems. I think he's got a bit of an injury. Has a has a podcast. Has a I think it's called the Fozcast. The Cycling GK. That's the one. Um, so I've been That's listening to that, and he had a really good chat with Troy Deeney um, around a lot of things like uh, prison and you know this, that, and the other. But a really good chat about Watford, about his influence in that particular um, dressing room, and yeah, it was it was a really good podcast actually. So I'd, I'd uh, and I'm enjoying that podcast in particular. He talks to a lot of different people. So just a shout out to that podcast, a bit of a recommendation from me. The uh, uh, what was it? The cycling goalkeeper. The cycling I think it's called the, GK. Yeah, the cycling yep. GK. Uh, the Fozcast. I think they call the actual podcast itself as well. So, quick shout out to that. Yeah, it is a great podcast. Um, he's especially last year in the championship. He did some great interviews with mm. um, opponents. Great game day footage in the lead up, showing us uh, inside what goes on in a championship at the time club on a game day. Um, but no, I have not heard the latest um, one with Troy Deeney, so I'll give it a listen. Mm. Um, so that was the first of my three threes. Watford still on three points. The second one uh, is more of a question for you guys. Um, is Pep Rotation dead? Because for the first time in his managerial career, Pep's named the same starting 11 for three matches in a row. Thoughts? On the spot, my, great. My person, sorry, my personal opinion is that uh, it's really just because there hasn't been any other uh, any any other games taking place midweek, and he's been afforded that opportunity. And I think his uh, the fixtures have been quite suitable too to actually do that. I'm sure that'll change soon, surely. Yeah, I agree. I do not. I hope it does. Rotation is dead, mm. um, and we may get a glimpse into that with the Champions League kicking off again in the near future. Uh, And the third of my three threes, uh, in the week that we all got news of an ABBA revival, (laughs) uh, my third one is all about Mane, Mane, Mane. So, yes, he got his goal in the end, but he missed three great chances. Uh, By all rights, he probably should have had four goals. Um, There was one in particular. He would have been... Two yards out, the ball came in quite hard and fast. Um, but yeah, he skied it. Um, but yeah, in all, three great chances that he missed. Although he did get his goal in the end, a consolation in about the 92nd minute. So that's my three threes moments of the week. And hey, I've got Mane in my squad. So although he's spooned a few, I'm, I'm pretty happy that at least he came away with some points and uh, helped my, my, my points of my game week along. Uh, Gilby, what have you got for us? Moments of the week. Well, last round, I predicted that Arsenal were going to get off the mark with a 5-0 win over Norwich. You did. Um, I'm not sure whether it was a complete lack of confidence or skill or teamwork or anything, but out of 30 shots, uh, Arsenal could only score one goal, and the goal they scored was the scrappiest piece of Sunday league uh, finishing that you've probably ever seen uh, with two consecutive post hits and then Aubameyang doing his best to more or less just spoon it into the net in the end. 
So I was happy that my man Aubameyang did score. Uh, a little bit short of the five goals that I hoped he'd score. Um, but <laughs> Arsenal showing some signs of life there. Uh, the two bottom teams they have played, they've actually registered uh, 42 shots, uh, 52 shots out of those two games, which is the highest of any team so far out of those two matches. Of course, the other problem is they got hammered by all three of those teams that they had played before now. So not uh, off to the best start overall, but signs of maybe some life at Arsenal. Do you reckon they should have been in for a striker before transfer window closed? Or do they have some more options in-house that can actually help them put away some of those chances? I think that once they decided to, well, maybe it was more the fact that uh, nobody actually wanted to buy Aubameyang or Lacazette. Uh, if offers had come in for one or both of those guys, they may well have sold. Uh, but I don't think anyone wanted them, particularly anywhere near the wages that Lacazette and Aubameyang probably would have been expecting. So once they kind of had to keep them, I think that they're probably going to have to be their strikers, at least for this um, next few months until January at least. But when they when he has played, um, like uh, Martinelli looked very good, I thought. I thought he may well be one of their players for the future. And I know I had Nketiah at different times in last season as well. Mm-hmm. I, I've liked the look of him. I think he'll be very, very good. But while they have Aubameyang, who is their actual club captain, well, I mean, depends if Jacker decides to burn down the stadium. Um, but um, Aubameyang is their actual club captain. Um, so I think he's 31 now, and I think he would be on somewhere in the region of 300000 a week. So that's going to be real hard to shift until the end of his contract. So I think that's why I went with Aubameyang. Is like, if Arsenal are going to score, he's going to be have to be the man that is scoring. So... I'm hoping their revival, semi-revival, for one round at least, kind of continues a couple more weeks. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I actually heard that Arteta has come out and said to the media that the past 10 days have been, quote, his best in football. So obviously with the international break, there's been a break and they've been under huge pressure, they haven't had the results or the actual play um, that anyone expects of an Arsenal team. But yeah, it sounds like the classic case of you always learn more when you're losing than when you're winning. Uh, And yeah, it actually sounds like Arteta's, um, over that international break, had time to see who in the dressing room is really up for the fight and who isn't. And sounds like he may have got some direction, but yeah, they're they're in big trouble still. One nil over Norwich doesn't really instill any confidence in me. Um, but we'll yeah we'll have to wait and see what Arteta does from here on in. Well, actually, look fairly decent defence as well, uh, where they actually could start Gabriel and Ben White together. Um, and obviously, with their coronavirus dramas they had in the first couple of weeks, um, it didn't help them at all and then of course they did play terribly anyway um but yeah i mean i i'm hopeful which is why i kept Aubameyang. so yeah i mean um i definitely do rate uh teta um higher than maybe a lot of arsenal fan tv does um so i think it's <laughs> definitely not over for them yet oh very nice hopefully some uh good results are, are coming i know they've got good fixtures coming up so anyone 
who might want a bit of a speculative waiver into their team might be looking for some Arsenal assets. Mick, moment of the week, what have you got for us? Uh, mine can only be one game. Um, we spoke a lot about him last week, but Manchester United 4-1 over Newcastle. Most importantly, key guy, should have been the number one pick. Ronaldo getting two. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it a bit more later, but pretty much I think it shows there's rumours he wasn't even going to start. He'd come off the bench um, straight in, played 90 minutes. Bruno didn't. Mason Greenwood didn't. Um, Jaden Sancho didn't. So I think, I don't know whether that was just a statement by Oli, but I think it's pretty confident Ronaldo's going to play a, a decent chunk of minutes. He won't get rotated as much as people seem to think he will. So that's my moment of the week, and I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that again after. Oh, absolutely. I think that's going to be a good topic of discussion for us. And uh, to finish up this little bit, my moment of the week, it'd be remiss of me not to mention Palace's 3-0 flogging of Tottenham. Um, You know, I I was lucky enough to watch the game with uh, Nathan, who is in our league as well. He came over and we spent the evening together uh, watching that fabulous game. He was not impressed. I absolutely was. Date Um, night. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, look, it was it was the best I've seen Palace play in a long time, actually. Even before um, the red card, um, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later as we look into some squads. Um, Palace were, were all over them. They were up for the fight. They were busy. They were hustling in defense. They were getting up in their faces and trying to get that ball turned over. Had most of the possession. Um, and the big thing for me... And I suppose the moment for me was uh, our brand new striker, Edouard, who's come from Celtic on with big raps uh, off the bench, 28 seconds in, scores the fastest Premier League goal on debut um, of any player. So that was that was really impressive. Uh, second touch, puts it away, um, through some legs, and uh, then he was able to follow it up with a second soon after. So that was really, really impressive for me. We've needed a striker for a while. Um, I know Palace have some pretty tough fixtures coming up, but it's you know it's a it's a good sign that they may have found someone to score a few more goals, and hopefully he's the man. Um, just quickly, Isaac, I know you said you want to maybe touch on the red card a little bit later when we're looking at our teams, but yeah. I want to get your opinion, uh, being a one-eyed Palace man, mm. um, about the non-red card. Mm. Was Zaha? Lucky to stay on the pitch. His elbow went mightily close to Tanganga's head. Um, yeah, I, I personally think it was a 50-50 call. And if he'd have been sent off in that moment, I don't think that would have necessarily have been the wrong thing. No, look, I think, and I said it to Nathan at the time, if you look at the, if you look at the initial contact from Tanganga, he actually made contact with his face. So he was lucky not to get a red initially, I think. Um, I think because it happened so quickly in the angle that it was on, probably the ref wouldn't have got a good glimpse. I'm not sure if VAR can look at those things anymore. I, I can't recall based on the new rules. But um, I thought that, that Tanganga was actually lucky not to get the red there to begin with. Um, but you're right. I think that Zaha was was uh, walking a very, very tight rope there with what how he reacted. But he is notorious for reacting that way. Um, the difference being, I guess, that he's older than Tanganga and he was able to calm himself down to the point where, you know, 
we saw what he happened with the that second, second challenge. Exactly. And and a few years ago, he probably would have, to be honest. He probably would have, um, especially if he was to, to tangle with Tanganga again. Well, I will say that I know, I think Jeff picked up Royale. Um, Zaha had him in his back pocket the whole game. It was fantastic to see because Zaha's been a little bit maligned um, to start the season, but he just absolutely ran poor Royale all over the pitch. So that was One question I was going to ask you as well, Isaac, like I know your Crystal Palace favourite for the last few seasons in fantasy has been Milivojevic, who's taken their pens Mm -hmm. and has somehow from a deep lane playmaker role scored 150 points for a few seasons in a row off taking 15 penalties. Uh, I saw Zaha is on penalties now with Milivojevic on the pitch. So is that like a long-term thing? Do you, do you think that Zaha is the man on pens now? I think so. Um, I And I don't know how someone like uh, Edouard coming into the team, whether he would take pens or not, but I think Zaha's the, the man. His penalty wasn't convincing, to be honest, although you know he, he scored it. You, you can't deny that. Um, I don't think... I don't think Milivojevic will be um, hold on, sorry, 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 guys. Um, I don't think Milivojevic will be a regular starter. He hasn't been playing well for the last couple of seasons. So I actually, when he got subbed on, I was really surprised to be honest because I thought we could have maybe put a more attacking substitution on. Um, so I think that's really the reason, probably why. Um, I don't think he will be a regular starter, so I think Zaha's probably the man who's going to be putting his hand up and taking those, which I don't mind. Um, and hey, if he is able to score a ton of goals this season and we can finally maybe sell him for a decent amount of money, I wouldn't mind with that either, you know, given our, our squad is looking young and fresh and might be heading in the right direction. So we'll just wait and see. But yeah, that's that's sort of my take on it, Gilby. Um We'll roll into some of our game predictions. Now, Gilby, you've already spoken about your 5-0 prediction, which obviously wasn't quite true. You did say that uh, Aubameyang was going to score all five. And as Mick kindly pointed out, as we were talking just before this, Aubameyang did score the first and the last goal. It unfortunately just happened to be the same goal. So, and all of the ones in between. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think you were you were sort of spot on there to a, to a degree. So I think we've sort of discussed that one. Um, I picked Chelsea over Villa. I said a 4-0 drubbing. Now, again, got the result right. Chelsea did get up, but it was only 2-0. And Lukaku did score uh, two goals, which was good. Um, He's in my regular fantasy team, so I was pretty happy with that. Wasn't it 3-0, Isaac? Oh, it was 3-0. You're right. Because uh, Kovacic, I think, scored. Kovacic when, uh, with a good goal. Tyron, yeah. Tyron Mings had a misplaced back pass, which <laughs> um, he had his head in his hands about, and Lukaku did score a double. You were right there. And yes. it's not even just the back pass from Tyron Mings that if I was a Villa supporter, I would be frustrated with. That can happen to the best of us. Heck, even I have oh. laid off a back pass that's been slightly underhit in my time when I was playing. No, so, you know, it can happen not. to the best of us. But what would have really pissed me off if I was a Villa fan is the fact that after he did it, he turned around, he watched it, and there was no movement. There was quite possibly going to be the um, 
the chance that uh, the ball had have been, you know, rebounded out um, from the keeper and he could have cleaned up his mess. But he just stood there and watched. And if he's got the armband on, I expect more. Lucky yeah, for mean, you, Villa... Dave, you're not a Villa fan. There you go. Yeah, well, um, Villa actually <laughs> did probably play the better football for um, significant parts of that match. Uh, the big difference was Lukaku finished lethally. He only had limited chances, like two really good ones, and he finished both, which you'd hope for with Lukaku. Um, but I saw Watkins that Mick had brought in during the week. Uh, he had a couple of really good chances uh, and actually looked a lot better in attack than Danny Ings, which is Isaac's man. So that'll be interesting if that continues or not. But Watkins did look really good in attack and Villa looked really good, even though they were missing Buendia and Martinez. Um, I think they probably would be really disappointed to lose 3-0. He might look really good in attack, Gilby, but he still didn't score any goals, and Ings has a few. So, hey, let's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. I did see you picked him up during the week, and I thought that was a decent pickup, and I actually remember you talking about that in the last podcast. So I, I, I shouldn't was, have been surprised, but I was. I, I was surprised he was still there, because I did set him relatively low on my waiver list, um, in saying that I've looked at the next run of games, and Villa's got an awful run of fixtures, but... Hey, I've got another forward that's going to play, so it's fine. And the guy I dropped got dropped, so it's worked out pretty well for me. I've got three starting forwards, which if I didn't make the trade, I would have only had two. So I'd say that's it's worked out quite nicely for me. I'm still yeah. pretty happy with that one. Absolutely. Now, Mick, tell us about your um, Mix Mega Magic Multi for Game Week 4. Did it pan out? Should should uh, should the punters you know, be listening out each week to your to your multi or should we maybe avoid your suggestions yeah i gotta learn to actually write these down but i'm pretty sure i had wolves to win possibly three nil yes um i think the speculative part might have been i said trail ray for first goal scorer first yes first goal scorer so two nil win for wolves not that disappointed for it i don't think i'm ever going to pick an own goal for first goal scorer so i think that's one of those that I think everyone could have put that down as a loss. But um, to be honest, I didn't actually see that game myself. But uh, does anyone know how Traore himself looked? I know you've picked him up, Isaac. Um, I have. I know I got three points. That's about as much as I know, unfortunately. Gilby, did you get a bit of a glimpse? Yeah, I did watch uh, some of the hearts look at the statistics as well. And a lot of people were bringing Toriora in based on the number of shots that he'd had. He'd uh, totaled 10 shots over those first couple of weeks. And over the last two rounds, he's totaled two uh, chances. So um, <laughs> he hasn't looked great, unfortunately. Um, and I know during the game, I also noticed that he actually started on the left. Um, and then when he wasn't working out too well, then he moved back to the right which he generally is on. So I know a lot of people, what really impressed me that much, Trincao looked really good. But again, he came off after an hour. So like I looked at him as a transfer, um, but his starts don't look that secure to me, uh, especially with Podence coming back in as well. Um, so the Wolves attack, like um, I know... Uh, Sace missed a big chance, who I brought in. And I know uh, Jimenez missed another um, pretty presentable chance. So they look good in attack, but somehow still managed to underachieve, even though they won 2-0. Let's not forget that whilst their attack might have looked good, they were only playing against Watford defence. <laughs> oh, come on, Dave. Come uh, on. Yeah, so looking at, I guess, some of the stats, like Gilby just said, 
every other player bar two of the three centre backs had a shot on goal. So Traore is basically you may as well put Sais up front from set pieces, leave Traore at the back. Um, in all seriousness, though, he'd make a decent left or right back, wouldn't he? He's I'm got the sure legs to cover it. I'm, I'm sure he's played play wing right back wing back at one point for them, didn't he? I think he has previously, yeah. But maybe that's almost his better option. He's everyone knows he can't finish to save himself. His final ball's not ideal, but surely playing from the back, maybe it's just the workload. He just doesn't defend quite simply. And if you have a left back that doesn't defend, you're probably not going to be very good. But yeah, that was my uh, magic. What was it magnificent mega magic multi for the week or something like that? Close, um, close. But yeah, but that's I'll, okay. I'll have a, I'll have a, a bit of a squiz for this next week. And uh, having a look already, I've got a feeling Wolves might make another appearance. But we'll get to that Ooh. one a bit later. Very good, very good. Look, what we'll do now, gents, we'll jump into our league um, and we'll go through and, and, and look at how we went. Now, there were some interesting results this particular round. Um, but in terms of at the top, the top two are still the top two from the last few rounds. So Gilby, still number one, leading the charge on 242 points. Are you you're sitting pretty? You're feeling pretty comfortable there or do you think you've got a bit of work to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy that considering I've had what I would say two pretty average rounds in a row um, to still be what I get fourth in that round, I think, uh, to still not be conceding too many points um, despite despite Ronaldo scoring a double and despite um, like um, some of the other players around the league scoring really well. I'm still really happy to be up there, uh, particularly given I'm still carrying Rashford and I will be for another month. I was not expecting to be in the lead. I was expecting to be mid-pack and having a chase later in the season. So really, really happy with that. But it's not looking too good for me in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll probably get to that in a minute. Mm. So we'll just have a quick look at the league ladder right now. And then we'll we'll jump into, Gilby, we'll jump into your particular um, situation and look at your game week. So Gilby's number one with 242 points. Um, then comes myself, still chasing in second place, 230 points. Closed the gap uh, slightly, as I have the last couple of weeks. Only 12 points behind now. Uh, third is Mick with his fantastic pickup of Ronaldo um, coming in uh, third, 183 points. And then Dave, so all four of us, top four. Hey, there we go. Looking okay. Um, on 180 points, only three points behind Mick. Uh, in fifth is Nathan on 179 points, only one point behind Dave, breathing down his neck, which I'm sure Dave would absolutely love. Um, then we've got Jeff on 174 points in sixth. Um, seventh, we've got Ben in 169 points. And then in last place um, is Daniel Dan on 159 points. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Dan's round uh, maybe toward the end, because uh, it's a bit of a doozy, uh, unfortunately, for, for Dan. But, Gilby, you had uh, 46 points in the round. Now, what what saved you? What Because what, you said you came fourth, and it could have been a lot worse, as you sort of mentioned before. What, what sort of saved you this particular round? 
Yeah, well, I mean, um, the defense really looked uh, really good for me in the end. Um, even though as Piliqueta came off the bench, I was cursing two shells rotation again. And I thought, oh, this is not going to be good at all because I really needed some support back there. Uh, but he did came off the bench and delivered a, a late assist, which was really good. So, I mean, across my back line, um, I got two uh, shutouts with Kufal and Sace. I was hoping Sace would score, but he missed his chance. Dyer coming off early, injured, was a little bit of a blow, but I think that actually scored me an extra point because I think he may have scored zero given that Spurs went down 3-0. So that actually kind of worked out okay. Um, Fernandez absolutely launching a bomb into the top corner from 30 yards was great for me. I really needed that. Um, but yeah, across the board, then uh, my top scorer was Aubameyang. So he kind of came through for me. I was hoping for more, missed a few chances, which he probably should have got. But as we, as I kind of um, intimated just before, the main painful points was DCL not playing at all. And then uh, Everton coming out after and saying, confirming he has a broken toe and that he's going to be out for three rounds. So he's, well, they did say two to three, but what I think they'll probably do is he'll miss all three rounds and then come back after the international break in October. So that is going to sting um, with the... Um, my, he started really well this season, so that's going to hurt. And then, of course, the other one that's really going to hurt is I was really hoping Antonio would continue his form as a top scorer in fantasy and contributed negative one with his red card. So that stung big time, considering my striker has been so good for me so far this season. But my defense kind of saved the day with Fernandez and Aubameyang's help. I got a couple of questions for you, Gilby. Which uh, I mean, int I'm interested in because I'm chasing you, so I'm I'm keen to see what you think here. But uh, firstly, a comment: Antonio, he'll miss the next game, um, but that may not be so bad because it's against United. So, you know, he may not have scored too many points there anyway. So, hey, it might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise, freshen him up for um, his good fixtures that he does have coming up. Um, but I just wanted to quickly make mention of a couple of players. Um, firstly, being Dyer with his injury and potentially with a few more injuries and, and people being out for Tottenham, do you look at offloading? And then the next one as well would be Tielemans. Now, I raised my eyebrows when you made that draft selection. Leicester are doing horribly. Tielemans is getting the sort of points that I expect Tielemans to get for you. Is he one that you're finally considering getting rid of, are there better options in the free agency? Uh, yeah, well, you basically um, hit the nail and have the two areas I'm looking at to uh, to move on. I will be probably looking at a defender and a midfielder. Um, I was planning on moving out Jota because I thought Firmino would have sealed his starting spot by now. Uh, but with Firmino pick up his injury, uh, it's looking like Jota may be worth hanging on to. And uh, I know from watching the match or watching the highlights of the match, um, as much as it may have helped um, with you with Mane, um, he, a couple of the chances that Jota delivered were to Mane that he proceeded to fluff. So it may have helped. I told of, him to do that. Uh, yeah, well, it probably was. It probably cost you more points than it cost me. So I'm not too disappointed by that yeah. if Mane misses it. So anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm but, quite happy for both Mane and Jota. To uh, provide no points, no attack yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. I bet you are. So um, that is probably something I'm looking at because I'm thinking that with the issue as I've got up front, I'm probably going to be forced into playing either five at the back or five in the midfield, which means that 
I'm going to definitely, I can't afford to carry Dyer, I don't think. So I'll be moving him out and bringing in a defender. And Tielmans is one I've still got faith in. Um, he's oh, an old football manager, uh, um, he's an old football manager favorite of mine. Um, and, <laughs> but oh. what I will say is when I've had a look at who's available, um, I'm thinking there is enough value available that I would be pre prepared to move him on. But being the last person on the waivers, it, I'm not prepared to give away who I might move for because I think that a few of those players won't be available by the time they come around to me. Oh, come on. I do like, you just mentioned there you might be playing five in midfield. Seems like a strange option to carry Rashford for five rounds and then drop him before he's played a game. Because I'm assuming, well, if you're playing five in mids, he's gone. Uh, but I was going to mention <laughs> that if, if you've got Antonio missing this week, Calvert-Lewin missing this week, Rashford missing, Dyer potentially suspended, you want to keep Telemans, something's got to give there. So, unfortunately, you can't play two goalkeepers, uh, but maybe you wish you could. Yeah, no, um, that's what I was looking at. I was like, ah, do I fight the bullet on that? Like looking at some of the fixtures and looking at who's available. Um, I'm thinking my faith in Tealman's is probably going to have to wait a while. And even if I do the trick that some have used, like Isaac used with his mate Greenwood, of dropping him and then still having him available the next week. I'm thinking if I do keep the faith in Tealman's, he probably will be available for me because I don't think anyone else will rate him. But we shall see on that one. But, yeah, I will be looking at the transfers this week for midfield and defence. And there's Thank obviously you. also uh, my good mate Ishmael Assar that's in your midfield there. And whilst he is, you know, the current heartbeat of the Watford team, it's a pretty weak pulse at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a bit of a heart murmur there. But I did see that um, he... <laughs> did provide one really good cross across the face of goal that I was hoping King would do a better job with, but couldn't quite get there in the end. But yeah, I mean, as you say, um, I've always been a big fan of having the main outlets of weaker teams because I know that if the fixtures are good or if that team does score a goal, it's more than likely going to come from them. So one transfer move I really debated, which... Um, I kind of kicked myself for not doing a week earlier because he did score. I debated dropping Tealman's for Trassard, uh, and Trassard did deliver Ooh. the winner for Brighton. Um, I did strongly consider that, so he's one of the ones I'm looking at at the moment. But there's a few midfielders there that I'm um, pretty happy are there because I'm thinking that even if a few other people want to go midfielders, there's still be at least one of my targets there. I heard that Brownhill put in a really not a really nice cross once as well, so maybe he could be uh, on your target list, Gilby, if you're if that's the sort of uh, thing you're looking at to keep players. Um. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was going to see what you thought of your old friend Gallagher, who's been looking really good. Um, so mm -hmm. that's something I'd be well, potentially looking at. Uh, I was wondering what you thought of Gallagher as well. Well, I actually I had this question for Mick because he was, and you know, I love giving Mick the opportunities to talk about West Brom considering they're not in the Premier League anymore, because I love bringing the fact that they're not in the Premier League anymore. Um, but, like, his performance over the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. Um, and I don't remember, and I don't remember seeing these performances from him last year at West Brom. Now, that might have been because I wasn't watching them as much. So that's why I wanted to ask Mick, are these the performances we're expecting from Gallagher? Is he going to be continuing to hustle and bustle and get in the box and have opportunities like he sort of is now or like what's your take on it 
I mean, he, he played a very similar role for us last year. Um, I think the biggest thing is just the quality of the people around him. Um, I guess Palace, look at the fact that they've been in the Premier League for how long now compared to West Brom, who have been up and down twice in the last four years. Ever um, since they beat uh, Watford in the playoff final. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when was that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think particularly at a really strong end to the year last year. Um, I think it was, I mean, he's a Chelsea loney. I'm assuming he's still on loan for you guys. Yep. So he's still a Chelsea player. He is, yeah. Um, and I mean, it just shows the, the quality that we had him last year. Yes, we might have got relegated. Um, off the top of my head, I wouldn't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got close to our player of the year. Um, there wouldn't have been many that would have been much higher than him. Um, so he was there, but I think he's one thing he's done a little bit better is he really he drives well he presses really well he's lots full of energy and he runs out the full 90 minutes too it's very rare that that intensity drops through but I think he's getting into even better attacking positions this year um he scored a few particularly towards the end of the year off the top of my head last year for us but they were mainly um coming back out from a corner where he's sitting at the top of the box and he's just hit this nice low curling shot into the bottom corner or or a scuffed shot on the turn type of thing it wasn't as much Running is that that I guess box to box midfielder making a late run where he gets a, a cross something I guess cut back to the penalty spot or anything like that. Um, so I think, but I was just having a look before, and I think from the expected goals chart, he's in the top four or five. I think so. The positions he's getting into, or at least the chances he's getting, are second to none. Basically, there's not many that have had better chances, and I guarantee you, they got those that have. Are your Liverpool's with Mane who's squandered a hell of a lot your Salas your eventually hopefully your Ronaldo's type thing but all of those those top top echelon that you'd expect to be taken in the first round but a guy like Gallagher I'm pretty sure undrafted and possibly still undrafted mm-hmm. yep wouldn't expect him to sit around there long because especially after those last couple of performances he's not oh. exactly going to get dropped now maybe maybe he might be still there after this next week because they are playing Liverpool um, this week which could be a bit of a barrier Gilby for you wanting to take him yeah, no, I did have a look at that. Uh, Palace don't have a convenient run of fixtures. They kind of alternate a lot. Like, they have, like, a couple of hard matches, a couple of easy matches. Or they don't have a run of, like, five good ones in a row. So that definitely could reward players that may be prepared to punt on him. Because I read um, Vieira afterwards came out and said, yeah, he was really happy with him and he expects him to score goals this season because he really wants to him to continue providing that drive into the box. So I'd be looking for him to continue in that role as playing. And on the sideline, I actually did type in West Brom player of the season to have a look for mixed benefit there. And in 2020, it was Mateus Pereira. And in 2021, it was Sam Johnston. So that was your last couple before that. And then going back a bit further was Ben Foster in 2017 and 18. So you've had a goalkeeper three out of the last five seasons. Makes sense. Unsurprising, really. And I mean, Pereira's not with us anymore. Found that interesting. I know this is Premier League. He's not here, whatever. But I was just about to ask you to stop, Mick. So I'll give you this little bit of leeway. He's gone over to the Saudi League, which was a really interesting transfer because I would have expected another Premier League team to be in for him because I think the same thing as Gallagher. You put the right pieces around him, he could do a job for a team. Um, even a kind of like West Ham type Everton. Um, obviously, Everton have recruited really well, which we'll get to in a minute as well. But that type of team could really have used a guy like that. But I guess wait and see. It's all about the money. It's all about where the money's coming from, Mick. So, you know, that's the unfortunate thing in that situation. 100%. And I think there was a little bit of rumor as to why he got sold so quickly as well. Um, 
apparently the way we got him might have been a little bit dirty, supposedly. So one of our a general manager or CEO, not long after that came out, um, stood down or stepped down, sorry. Um, so I dare say they were very quick to try and get him out to get the money back so they could get him off the books. So <laughs> I dare say that's why when an offer came in, they said, yep, straight away. <laughs> allegedly, Your Honor. You don't want to go making allegedly, uh, allegedly. I, I did say I believe, but yeah. <laughs> I like how you went from stood to step down quite quickly. Great, great job. Well, what are they going to do? Kick us out of the Premier League? <laughs> oh. It could get much worse. They did that to themselves. Fans. <laughs> we'll, we'll see a Netflix doco on West Brom. It'll be great. <laughs> I was just about to ask where you are in the championship, but to be fair, I don't care. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> let's... <laughs> let's move on. Let's let's go into second place. So that's my team. Um, fifty four points this week. So that was third. Um, was able to make up uh, a bit of ground on Gilby. So now I'm only twelve points behind. So, um, the gap that Gilby had at the very beginning was slowly starting to whittle down, which I'm really pleased with. Um, you know, taking a look at my team, I think my defence uh, really, really helped me this week. So, I was able to pick up. Uh, good points from you know pretty much the majority of my defense which was which was really really nice um mendy was able to pick up i think nine points um walker and diaz six and seven rudiger six um unfortunately left dunk on the bench which would have got me another eight points but that's okay um i had a couple of clean sheets in my midfield so ben rama and Traore got me three points mane eight torres three so he got me a clean sheet there as well uh, Greenwood five, so I I picked Greenwood back up uh, from the free agency as a waiver. Um, I was a little bit surprised he was still there, to be honest, because you know my initial thought was, oh, he's not going to play with Ronaldo playing, but I'd sort of overlooked the fact that he'd scored three from three, and that uh, you know obviously they're down Rashford, so he's a pretty good shout still at this point in time. Uh, it's something to manage moving forward, but at the moment I'm pretty happy. Um, and then my forwards really didn't do too much. So Bamford two, Ings two, um, Leeds versus Liverpool isn't a great fixture for Leeds. I think there's a stat that sort of talks about Leeds when they're versing top six teams, they're pretty rubbish. Um, they're far too open because they are so attacking, and Bielsa doesn't look to, you know, try and uh, change his tactics there, which is interesting to see. Um, but you know, I was able to pick up some pretty good points for for my fifty four. And um, pretty happy with how my team's running at the moment. It'll just be a matter of moving forward with Greenwood um, and maybe Traore, for example, maybe Ben Rama, exactly what to do there in the midfield. So we'll just have to have to wait and see. But I'm catching Gilby, and I'm, I've still got a bit of a gap between me and third. So pretty pretty happy with that, Gilby. Um, yeah, no, my main question would be, you've kind of carried Ihe Nacho up till now, and he mm. hasn't really looked like cracking it. So is your mate Edward looking at a transfer into your team? Definitely an option after that showing. Um, against Liverpool, not so great. And like you said, Palace don't have a good run of fixtures. But if you can pick them at the right time, I think they could be a good shout. Um, yeah, look, I think there's only really a few strikers who are, are worthwhile at this point in the waiver. Um, I can't recall all of them off the top of my head. I think maybe... Adams uh, might Dennis, be back in. Um, is still available. Dennis, uh, yeah. Oh, Dave's maybe mate. It's, maybe it's no. Armstrong that's back in. Yeah, oh, Armstrong's not available anymore. Okay. 
I mean, we'll get to my team later, but yes, striker, um, definitely on the cards. And Dennis is not one of them. Uh, Josh King looks like he's going to be the first choice centre forward at Watford. Um, Dennis still started, but he was out wide and I'm not certain that's where his best position is. But yeah, yeah quite, quite possibly it was Shea Adams that I dropped for Watkins that mm. might have been put back in that you're referring to. Yeah, I but think... Again, he didn't start this week. No. But he was on international Redmond. duty as well, so yeah, they, I'm they wondering played if maybe Nathan it was Redmond that. up top, um, so with yeah. Adam Armstrong, and then one of their other new signings, Armando Broha, came on. And from the stats that I've seen, he looked pretty solid. It's just a matter of if anyone's willing to take him before he gets regular starts. Yeah. Uh, look, at this point in time, um, I can't understand how Inacho's not playing. With Leicester doing so poorly, I just I don't get it. I don't know what Brendan Rodgers is doing. He was so good last season. He loves Barnes, I know, but Barnes hasn't been effective. Um, when they go two up the top, they're a different team. So uh, I think I mentioned last week I've got a decision to make there. I'm probably happy to maybe hold on another week and just see. But at the same time, if there is a a, a couple of strikers available, just to make sure I'm getting points there, it may not be such a bad shout, but. I think the penny has to drop at some point and he's got to start playing Ian Archo. Um, so He'll definitely start playing him the week after you've dropped him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hence why I'm just going to keep holding on to him. So chances are he won't play for 38 weeks. Well, it was um, your transfers last season that probably did win you the title in the end. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not this decision will come back to bite you one way or the other. Look, I think bringing Greenwood back in, though, was a good transfer. Um, like I said, something to manage moving forward. The fact that I, I, I kept Barnes, I don't know why I did that. Um, but anyway, I've rectified that surprisingly. I wasn't expecting it, um, to be able to still pick him up and he got me five points, which is good. So, you know, I think that realistically I should be able to just manage it for a few more weeks and then maybe I could even look at some other trades so i might be able to trade with one of you know one of you three or a different manager to be able to try and pick something up but it's you know well my live transfer offer worked so well last week so i mean we'll see how see how that goes if you want to offer anything well absolutely i've I've already joked jotted and greenwood trade for you but um you know we'll just have to maybe a couple more weeks we might be able to talk about that just have to wait and see but i don't know it's, it's interesting. Um, all in all, happy, though, with how I'm progressing. Still in second, still got a gap between me and third. So I don't have to be too aggressive at this point in time, considering I'm, you know, I'm still still catching. So we'll, we'll keep playing it by ear, I think, and we'll, we'll see how we get on. Uh, Mick, now you came second this game week, which... I think you were surprised that I'm sure you probably thought that you have, you had enough points to, to claim first place. We, we'll talk about maybe who got first place in a little bit, but um, obviously the Ronaldo pickup, good pickup. You obviously didn't go for a trade with Gilby. Um, I'm not sure if uh, he's, his team was able to tempt you any further this particular game week, but uh, what went right, right and what went wrong for you this week, Mick? Um, well, Put simply, I think I uh, traded well. I picked up my free free transfers, worked quite well. Um, Ronaldo for 13. I also put in for Marcal. 
um, got him, which I know Gilby also had him as one of his options, but went with Saiz instead, who's still got six points, and I'm sure he's happy with that and going forward might be worth. But in this one single game week, uh, Markel's 13. So I had 26 points across those two alone, so two players I didn't have last week. Um, so that is, I mean, almost half of my points alone. Tierney got seven with a shutout, um, quite possibly, I think, one of the bonus points as well. Another one of their attacking threats. I don't think he actually got any attacking returns this week, but just the clean sheet as well as being an outlet. Um, Luke Shaw got an assist. Uh, Jose Safa Watford got the clean sheet as well. Um, I still, I was carrying Sanchez. Against Watford, not for Watford. Sorry, for Wolves, sorry, against Watford. Um, yeah, Davinson Sanchez and Buendia both on international duty as well. So I was carrying two players that were out. Um, so I was pretty happy to have um, David Raya, Brentford's goalkeeper on the bench for two points. So playing as well as Rafinha. Rafinha was one of those last minute ones that was against Liverpool. I thought, well, if FIFA overturned their decision and they allow him to play, so be it. But I'm not probably going to play him against Liverpool anyway. Um, but I guess my big thing is the weakness I have at the moment. Um, Dave mentioned it before, but Pep Roulette. Hopefully Sterling starts getting some minutes again. He hasn't really had too much recently. I think he's only got me, what, two, six, one and one. So 10 points across 156 minutes so far this year. So hasn't really had much of a look in. Um, so hopefully he can get a bit more. Havertz, on the other hand, looks a little bit better. Still not playing big minutes. Um, but I still think he's probably got more upside to Sterling at the moment. Um, particularly the way Chelsea's playing, and I guess he's got less of a rotation threat. Um, I guess it all comes down to Champions League go and what those two teams do, and we'll find that out tomorrow morning for us or Thursday morning as well for some of the teams, um, see what happens there. But it's one of those things for both of those teams that while you never wish an injury on a player, but if we can get a uh, maybe a Mares or a Ferran Torres to go down with an injury. Sterling suddenly looks way better. And oh, if down. Timo Werner, Mason Mount, one of those guys wants to, I don't know, even just a couple of weeks while there's some good good matchups maybe, give them a couple of chances. Um, I know it wouldn't go astray. I've 100% put the mocks on myself now. Watch Kai Havertz go down this week. But hey, so be it. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's the majority of my game week. Not too much else to write about. Um, hopefully, Buendia comes back in. I did pick up Watkins as well. I think we mentioned that a second ago. So... Got a couple now. Um, Wendy to come back in, hopefully get some more. Wendy and Rafinha, two mid-table teams, good attacking outlets. So hopefully as long as one of those has a good matchup, there's another midfield player. But I'm pretty happy with, I guess, the balance of my squad so far. I've got a couple of players that I can pretty easily rotate out each week. Um, but it's just a matter of, I guess, trying to make sure I have someone worthwhile to come in. Um, I think Dave might have something to say before I mention one other thing. Yeah, no, I'll just... Quickly wanted to, I mean, you obviously touched on Havertz and Sterling, but just wanted to just remind everyone out there that that was effectively your first and second round picks and uh, everyone was shocked when you picked Havertz so early and you seemed adamant that, you know, he was a second round pick at worst. Uh, And, yeah, I'm really starting to think you must be second guessing those options not not overly yet i mean in terms of how high yes but i guess for me the big thing is is if he's not a second rounder i basically have to wait till the fourth round to get him and is he above a fourth rounder i think so did i reach for him yes um did i think they have more upside i mentioned this in previous episodes as well but did he have more upside than some of the other players absolutely 
um, just hoping to start seeing that. And I guess the good thing is Chelsea have looked really good. It just unfortunately hasn't been through Kai Havertz. So, um, I mean, I, I still hope he'll turn good, but hey, the way the waivers worked out and the way we've decided to play the game, I have a first round pick now. So let's push him down to second and th- Sterling to third. Hey, let's uh, let's go with that because. Like I said before, I was pretty um, unhappy to, I guess, in the end to have eighth, the way it all broke down. I think Lukaku at fifth, I probably would have taken fifth if I'd been more confident he was going to come in. Um, But, hey, it's worked out pretty well. I've dropped down a bit, took a couple of extra, I guess, potential options, and I've got my guaranteed starter who I reckon should, even giving up three-game head start, should be close to the top four, definitely in the top eight scorers, I think, by the end of the season, barring injuries to anyone. Um, but yeah, one other thing I was just going to mention as well is I did actually put a trade offer out to one of our other non-pod members. So it was a trade I put to uh, Dan, who had a horrific week this week. Um, and it's turned out really well. Every trade offer I put out or received last week didn't go through and they've all worked out really well for me. So thank you to those people who didn't see them, didn't respond to them, or just didn't, I guess, beg me enough to accept the offers. But um, I put through an offer for, I can't even remember 100% who it was for, but I wanted Samato. We spoke about Samato last week and how good he's looked for um, Wolves. And as I've done before, and now you guys know that I've got a bit of history trading with Dan. Hmm. Um, and it generally doesn't go, no, not generally, it doesn't go well for Dan. Um, so I wasn't expecting much for it, but it was for Samato um, I off- and Bergwijn actually as well. So oh. Samato and Bergwijn for i'm pretty sure i offered him four nails from my team and i can't remember the other defender i'm probably Tierney? i don't think it would have been i think it might have been one sanchez of, maybe either sanchez it could have even been pinnick someone like a low throwaway and i, oh, I did it purely ball. as a yeah 100 low ball didn't expect much um it was more just to put something out there and also to see how the system worked um as it turns out it was really late i knew the trade deadline was only an hour hour and a half later Never saw it, didn't come through. As a result, went for Mark Al, picked up 13 points. Everything worked out really well for me. Um, but yeah, just thought I'd mention that, that it got thrown out there. Um, pretty happy that I've got the equivalent just on the other side of the pitch that Samato might have had a couple of good chances, but Mark Al's got the points so far, so I'll take it. No, very nice. Look, I, did you mention you picked up Ronaldo? Did you mention? Did you mention that? Oh, I don't know. We might have to do another segment on it. Okay. No, no worries. No worries. Look, I think if you're, if your top three draft picks, as we'll call them now, all play to their potential, um, you're going to have a screamer. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see see how that pans out. Now, there's, you're there's in... There's a big if in there. I know. Massive if. Um, now, let's move to Dave. Now, Dave, you're in... Th- fourth place so we're all, all all of us are in the top four which is uh fantastic expected yeah expected absolutely maybe the order a little different um you know but expected uh how's your team going now you managed to get 42 points this week which um you know reasonable reasonable in the draft game absolutely um obviously not a having lot to write home about here isn't there Isaac? really no why no. not so, yes, obviously I wasn't <laughs> on last week. Um, had a lot going on in work world. And I didn't even look at the waivers before 
Uh, they closed off. I did not look at the free agencies before it closed off because um, I had life happening. Um, I knew there was an option that Martinez uh, was likely not to play, um, but I was happy having Fabianski in there, so I wasn't too worried. Uh, before the um, cutoff hit, uh, I did jump in and rearrange my side. Um, I saw that Son was injured. Uh, I did put him in my team, thinking that if he doesn't play, which happened to be the case, he'd just get subbed out anyway. Uh, Wilson also did not play, but uh, that probably wasn't a bad thing against Man U. Um, but yeah, it was really a case of relying on my two key defenders, the early picks of Robbo and TAA um, got me the points that I needed to at least be semi-competitive this week. Um, obviously, Deli Ali, we spoke about earlier, um, the game against Crystal Palace didn't really do anything. Um, there was no Son and Tottenham obviously missed that direction. Mm. Um, I've spoken many times about Furpo, the only reason I'm holding on to him is because Leeds have great fixtures and the other one we've spoken about is Werner and he's, I mean, not only is his head on the chopping block, but the guillotine is primed and very ready to drop. You've sharpened it, hey? I've sharpened it. Um, I mean, I did get lucky that you know, Fabianski got me six when Martinez didn't play. And yeah, I mean, it was it was lucky for me that Liverpool had the good fixture against Leeds and got me those points because without Robertson and TAA, uh, I would not be in fourth where I am now. Thoughts, Gilby? Yeah, no, I was just um, going to ask you, I know you've already mentioned already that you're probably looking at your forwards for transfers because I saw Callum Wilson is injured and they haven't given a time frame for his return. And given how brittle he's been in the past, that could be one or two weeks. It could also be five or six. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And your old friend Werner actually did look. In the last three rounds, he's played one, zero and eight minutes. So, yeah, you probably need to be looking at your strikers. So I was going to ask you what you thought about the Watford situation. Then, of course, Edward, Adams, Crucho I saw is available. Or mate Ben Teke is still there if you want to gamble on that one. So it's a bit thin on the ground up there, but I'm not sure if you can carry Wilson and Werner anymore. I think you should double uh, up on Palace. Just putting it out there. Double yeah, up on double Palace. You're sweet. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I mean... Werner's gone. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> um, he's out. I don't see him. I've got a suggestion. Yeah. I've got a suggestion about the Werner. You, you trade need... him against. Trade him with Dan. Absolutely. Why yeah. would you not try? Yeah, that's a good point. He will so want to pick him up. Being a Chelsea player, come on, do it. Who's Dan he got this team? Hold Lukaku on. Already. He Who cares? Already. Back up. Well, maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's incentive <laughs> to handcuff. The one striker and the guy who will never be striker. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is an option that I hadn't considered. I do need to look at Dan's ben, got more 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 and and Jesus, who he'd yep. be willing to trade. You can do that. Yeah, 
I believe in you. And if that falls through, then, I mean, I, I'm not touching the Watford strikers. Like I said, Gilby, I think Josh King's probably going to be the man, but yeah, that's still to be determined. Um, Edward is enticing. Definitely uh, up there at the moment. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what I can do between now and Thursday before Dan and Ben and Nathan and Jeff have had a chance to listen to this. Well, we, we know Nate's just going to go for Wang or based on his name. So yeah. uh, that's one off the board. And he's one that I actually, it was one of my speculative picks in the, um, the redraft last year. So I did notice that, yeah, he came on, scored the goal and played really well again against Watford defense. Um, but yeah, he's he's an option as well. I just don't see him displacing Jimenez. Um, so yeah, all in all, obviously Son will come back in. I'm going to hold on to Wilson. Martinez is coming back in, um, and I just pretty much blanked everywhere except for Liverpool defenders. So, um, you know, it was a bad week, but it was one that I kind of predicted I was going to have, and I'm not too down about that no fair enough look i i think there's opportunity for you to yeah make a few changes and and pick up a few points uh, for me it's just you did a, a good job just having 11 players who scored points this week like, it could have been it could have been all sorts of disaster for you so um, and at the end of the day every single one of the eight of us is going to have weeks where things come up and life gets in the way and we're not going to manipulate our team the way we want. So, you know, hopefully that's my one for the season and I've got it out of the way and over and done with. No, fair enough. Look, let's talk about a few other managers just before we uh, move into game week five. I wanted to quickly discuss Nathan because he was the round winner with 59 points. Pretty good score, all things considered. Was able to move up a few places. Um, actually, a lot of places because he was coming dead last. Um, so he's been able to move up from 8th to 5th, which is a fantastic effort with 59 points. Now, his is interesting for a number of reasons. He was able to pick up some fairly decent points through the waiver. So he was able to get Gray and Decore uh, from the waiver, which are two pretty handy pickups. And if I'm honest, I had them as well to replace Barnes um, if if Greenwood was taken. Um, and I spoke with Nathan afterwards, and it seemed as though maybe uh, Greenwood was at the top of his list, but he didn't know how the actual to, to sequence them, <laughs> which... Probably doesn't surprise many of us, but uh, it sounded like Greenwood was his number one option. Um, so, you know, I. but all in all, given Everton's run of fixtures that are coming up, um, Gray and Decore are both pretty good shouts. And what's scary about that is he still has De Bruyne, who hasn't played a minute. So he will pick up points. Firmino's injured. Now, he's not a prolific point scorer. But, you know, in a Liverpool team, he will pick up some points here and there. And, you know, he's got Jimenez, who 
will score at some point and hopefully we'll get on a bit of a run with these good fixtures as well. So he's, he's, team is looking fairly decent at this point in time like he's got he's got potential there to do some good things um i suppose the issue being he's got triple everton at the moment and um you know can their run last you know can can their good run of form last that's a, a big question but i think gray and decore were two really good pickups for him this week and obviously they they fired and got him some good points so you know well, i know I, that gray has scored three goals and what a lot of people have seen in the statistics uh he scored three goals from three shots on target. So generally that would indicate that he probably can't keep that running because um, he has finished really lethally so far. But, I mean, as you said, like, he's looked really good so far and Rafa's been really impressed with him. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely had an upgrade there with his uh, old team anyway. So, yeah, well done. And, yeah, just touching on Dekure, so obviously a former Watford player. I saw quite a bit of him over the past few years. He's definitely in a more attacking role uh, this year. Um, and, yeah, regards to Everton on a whole, you know, you, you play the ultimate gamble of bringing in an ex-Liverpool manager, won the champ, uh, no, got them to the Champions League, and, you know, bringing in someone like Benitez uh, across that divide. And there's been... From what I've seen, obviously, you know, we're on the other side of the world, but um, the amount of media that we do get through TV or the internet, the backlash hasn't continued since the season has started. So they've got the results and Benitez has them on side. So that can only benefit all of their players, Gray and Ducure included. Well... For me, he's the perfect manager for that squad. If you look at his time at Newcastle, for example, he did such a good job, such a good job with that team, where he had no money to spend. He got everything out of them. Now, arguably, this Everton squad has much more potential, much more talent. Um, they still didn't spend a lot of money this summer, but they brought in people who, on the cheap, who can do the job that's required. And he's going to get absolutely everything out of them now. You know they're not going to be up there, you know, looking at Champions League places, but you know they might be able to sneak into Europa or at least go on a cup run or something like that. I don't know, but he's the right manager for them. I think it's a really, really good signing by by the Everton board to bring him in. Although you know there was a bit of backlash to begin with, but great signing. Um, and the last thing I'll mention just around Nathan is you know as as Mick would probably have guessed he's still a little bit dirty that you've picked up Ronaldo which you know you can understand considering it's a first round draft pick uh and uh at the time he came into the game Nathan was last but we'd made the decision earlier um you no regrets around that Mick still still happy with uh how that all went down I don't know I'm taking offers again but I don't know they gotta be pretty good (laughs) I'm not sure. Well, knowing Nathan, he probably won't offer anywhere near what he should, um, or he'll offer money. So, you know, it's with Nathan, it's monopoly money. And let's face it, he's pretty frugal with his monopoly money. <laughs> he's very frugal, absolutely. Oh, look, I was having a chat with him, and he's just he's just saying, you know, he was upset because he felt like he had a legitimate play at getting Ronaldo, which you can understand given where he was. But he had a good game week, so. Maybe that will suffice him for the time being. We'll have to wait and see. 
Uh, look, the last manager I wanted to talk about really quickly is poor old Dan. Um, poor old Dan, down in last place. Uh, he's he's at the bottom. And do we see a way of him climbing back to the top, Gilby? Is is there is there an opportunity for Dan to ascend into the, the number one position and, and be the winner at the end of the season? Well, I mean, Lukaku's playing like a potential golden boot winner. So if he plays the transfers well, there's definitely opportunities there for him. Um, you've got a pick-and-stick striker like Lukaku. So there's definitely opportunities there. But, I mean, it was a real low light of a round with the three real low lights being transferring out Jorginho for Saul, who did not play well at all, to say the least, and got hooked at halftime. Uh, Tanganga doing his best clothesline impersonation on Zaha and pick up a negative three for him. And then Semedo missing two one-on-one chances. Um, So it could have been so much better. But, I mean, arguably you'd probably say that that indicates that if any one of those three didn't happen, I mean, it's pretty unlikely that all three happen in the same round again. But with Lukaku, if he can keep scoring, that's always the key thing you need in fantasy. You need goals and assists. And at the other end, you need shutouts. His team is good enough. Uh, it potentially with a couple of transfers, maybe, and maybe stop um, transferring in Chelsea players um, right above anything else. But, yeah, I mean, the team is there if he makes a few good moves. Um, but, yeah, just one of those rounds. One thing I noticed with his team um, is Tyrone Mings. And I slated him, I think, round or well, second episode for right before round one about this pickup, and then he came out and scored 15 points. But he's played two other games in that time, and he scored precisely zero points in both games. So I'm starting to feel a little bit more justified in that pick. Um, coming out with, uh, yes, match points of 0, 15, and 0, that, that's pretty much Dan summed up. He'll either score 80 or, what was it this week, 33. Um but like like Gilby said, is he's had a couple of red cards which haven't helped. Um, I guess it's a matter of to see how well and he can use free agency. He's got Sancho, he's got Madison, he's got Jesus. Jesus started the season really well, um, but I think he started the last three games with Pepper Roulette. It's if he hasn't scored now, is he going to get any points? Because he's probably not going to get many more chances before they start to change the team again. So. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one for that, but he'll have Rich James coming back as well, so that should probably help him a fair bit. So what you're saying, Mick, is what is it? Mings has scored precisely zero. Zero, zero 15 and zero. Yeah, so what you're saying is that his zero this week would have been a huge improvement on Tanganga's negative three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been better, wouldn't it? Um, does, that mean I mean, gonna get fif- does that mean Mings is going to get 15 this week? Uh, quite possibly, works? yeah. Based on the yeah. pattern, I mean, well, he's averaging five per game. Technically, yeah, five per game is just is basically averaging a shutout. So let's embrace the positive there. There's opportunities there. Um, I see Alonso at the back there as well, which I know a lot of people are mystified that um, that Chilwell is not starting yet. Um, and Tuchel's had to come out and explain that he doesn't think Chilwell is in a good physical condition yet or whatever. So whether or not you believe that or not, but Chilwell... Um, I think we'll be playing a fair bit more in this season. So Alonso is one of those picks as well. And uh, James with the other rotation pick, I mean, carrying 
What has he got now? Four Chelsea players, and with the only one nailed on starter being Lukaku, he's, like as Nick said, he's going to be vulnerable. It's either going to be rocks or diamonds with Dan, I think. Really interesting that Tuchel went with hudson Adoy at right wing back with James out and not having Aspi playing there. So a bit of an interesting one there, which that should... To me, that makes it seem like if Reese James is fit, he's the number one at right back. Well, just well, just really quickly, like in like we're all like Sunday Sunday League footballers here. Hudson Odoi came close to scoring a goal directly from a corner, uh, which we're all like that's an old Sunday League favourite, like putting up into the breeze and letting it drop into the far corner if you can. Uh, so that actually came very very close to happening, and the only reason it didn't was um, I can't remember who it was tried to clear it off the line cleared it into his own crossbar, and then it bounced out. So hudson Atoy almost produced a goal direct from a corner. That is a dream for Dave, because I'm not sure Dave could actually get it to the goal off a corner, but, you know, that's that's for a different podcast. No, 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 no definitely not. Okay, cool. Um, I think you're all being... Now, Dan is probably one of one of the three listeners that we have right now. So, Dan, I say this with much love and much respect. I think you're all being quite kind. I'm really worried about his midfield, to be fair. Um, as we know, midfield is where you get have to get the majority of your points. Like you've got an opportunity to play five midfielders, you need to be getting most of your points from your midfield five. And if I look at his midfield, Sancho hasn't done anything, Madison hasn't done anything, and I've always I I think I know Dave might feel differently, but I think Madison's a bit overrated in terms of fantasy points. Um, Harrison. Yeah, I rate him, but hasn't done anything, and he could be rotated for James, for example. Um, I I just don't. I'm just worried about his midfield. I think that that he needs to make some trades there to be able to get some points from midfield quickly. Berg Bergwijn started the season positively. Um, he did. He did. But yeah, he did. he's dropped off. Well, he with, he was injured too, I think. Um, yeah, with Sun being out and Bergwijn coming back, quite possibly he'll get a start this week. Sancho's always going to be a hard one. I think a new player coming into the league with a team that's stacked with the forward talent that they have, you're always going to run the risk, just like I've picked up Sterling, of getting rotation. He will sc- score goals. He will get points. It's just a matter of when. Um, Madison's an interesting one, I found. But I think the biggest thing is Leicester have improved consistently since they won that title. They've slowly picked up more. They haven't tried to do it in one year. They've slowly picked up more and more. You've got um, Adamella Lookman that they picked up, uh, I think, in deadline day. They've got um, Harvey Barnes, who had a blistering season last year. I think Dan's probably almost looking at Madison as the, the value he used to be when it was him and Vardy. It, it's no longer just the Vardy and Madison show. Yes, Vardy's still, I guess, the outlet up top, but it's not always just that one source. Um and with that as well is I haven't actually followed it that much, but is Madison still the main set piece taker for that team, or do they have left right backs? Do they have um, other wingers that are putting balls into the middle now? So I reckon Gilby might be the man to answer that question. I reckon he's on it right now, um, but I reckon there's a decent chance that I, I think he might have been carrying a bit of an injury as well and not played as as big a minutes as he has previously. Um, but yeah, I reckon just it's one of those where it's it's a. Uh, picked based on previous form, not on potential form for this year. And in terms of in terms of Sancho, I was pretty close to picking up Sancho with my second pick. For me it was between him and Bamford, realistically, and I went 
for Bamford, which I'm I'm happy with now because Leicester are coming into a really good run of fixtures. You know, I, I, I'm with you. I think Sancho will score points, but right now, like he needs points now. Yeah. So, Dan, if you're listening, and I know you are because you're an, you're an avid listener, please have a look at you know your free agency. Have a look at fixtures. Who what are the good fixtures? Who are the players who might score your points? Bring some peeps in, and and hopefully you can start. Uh, climbing back up that leaderboard. And you'll have an opportunity as a, at a good first waiver this week, so that's always a bonus. Well, as Mick was just saying, I did have a quick look. Um, according to this, um, Madison has taken some of their two of their free kicks so far, but uh, Tielmans has been taking their corners. So he's not, as Mick was saying, he's not the man anymore, but uh, like, like Mick was saying, like, I don't really see Leicester scoring a heap of their goals from free kicks as such. Like, they're not a Burnley where they'd have, like, or a West Ham where they've got that big target up front, like Vardy suits the counter-attacking game. Um, they do have, I mean, uh, Suyuncu hasn't really scored too many. Johnny Evans, not really either. So, uh, yeah, like, as far as keeping him in the team for set pieces, I probably wouldn't go that far. But, yeah, I mean, that's going to be an interesting one because... Um, it's going to be a hard one for him to give up because it'll be one of those players where you see what could be and you keep hanging on hoping that this is going to be the round and it'll be one of those ones where you drop him and then he'll score 20. That would be unfortunate for Dan. So, you know, it's about timing, isn't it? And and Leicester have Brighton this week. Um, so, you know... You, you look at that and you think, oh, maybe that's not a tough game, but Brighton have been playing really, really well. They've, they've picked up good points. Um, they're playing a, a really good style of football. So, you know, uh, could be another tough game for them this, this weekend. We'll just have to wait and see. And speaking of fixtures, it's probably a good opportunity to have a look at I'm going to stop you up. right there, oh, Isaac. Oh, hold on. I was going to as well, but I'll oh. let Dan go. I'm going to just go rogue, go oh. off script. Wow. Because I'm a fan of chaos. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Uh, <laughs> we've got some breaking news, Isaac. Uh-oh. Can we mute Dave? That was just a terrible attempt at a joke. <laughs> there has to be a mute button somewhere. I think uh, I've got the power. We, yeah, we have breaking news. I have just received a trade offer. Oh, And I would on. like to respond... Can you please tell us who and what and and where? I can. Uh, You may have guessed, given the fact that Isaac's... uh, Sorry, Mick said that he was about to cut you off himself. (laughs) So, obviously, this discussion around our teams has prompted some thought. Oh. Uh, And Mick has suggested that he would like to offer me Chris Wood and Tierney which is interesting in itself because I had Chris Wood last season and he was really good for me, really good. Big fan. I thought he may suffer much like Ricky from Rio. He's had a huge workload, but that doesn't seem to have slowed him down. There's no low balls here. Not You're not Dan. <laughs> no, and Tierney, <laughs> I know, is one of Mick's favourites. Many left backs in his team, yeah. In return... For TAA and either Werner or Wilson. Oh wow! So interesting. 
we were talking about, you know, yeah, yeah. Will, uh, Verna's head is well and truly on the chopping block. Uh, let me just respond no, with well, four words, hold Mick. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you respond, before, can, can Gilby and I just put something into this just before, just... From Stoke an outsider looking in, just I'm look, just wondering if in. is the four words is the last two words is it yourself because I feel like it could be <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, now, Mick, along the same right, line. That's one word, right? <laughs> I, hit, hit us, Isaac. What do you well, got? I like that he's he he's he's giving you an out, right? He's giving you an out because you, oh, you know, he knows no, but he is because Werner's worth nothing you know that yes yes and so he's giving you two players that are worth for something one. for one yeah right yeah i think he's being ambitious which is great Mick. i think that's fantastic you might have had more luck with robertson maybe um but i i love the enthusiasm i, I think we all know where dave's gonna go with this but i think if you put those two together and put put the offer side by side I see merit in it in terms of overall squad balance, but I think TA is probably just a bit too valuable. So that's my two cents. Gilby, what's your, what's your thoughts? What I think Mick may have done, like he has reached with TAA. I think we can agree that definitely, but I think he's seen an opportunity given Dave's weakness up front um, where he doesn't have, I mean, Tony has played and almost scored a goal from halfway this round as well. But given how weak his forwards are, particularly over the short term, having a banker like Wood in there would be extremely valuable. And then Dave could go, right, well, yes, I'm giving up TAA, but I've still got Robertson. So I can can see where Mick may expect Dave to put a bit more thought into it before um, telling him to go the proverbial. But... um, uh, it'd be an interesting one. I'd be interested to see if Mick was to change it live to Robertson, would that get the lo- the offer more across the line? Well, I'll give you some explanations to why I did it. So I looked it up. Would If you look at his past years, he is remarkably consistent. He has scored in the, one, the 130s the last three years. Now, TAA across the last three years has averaged 183. So I figure I'm looking at 50 points to make up there. Now, like Gilby said, I'm trying to fill a hole in your team to help you. Well, to help you, but obviously help myself <laughs> oh, at the same time. You're so I think generous, so, Mick. I think Dave is going to tell you to fill a oh, hole. I'm, I'm, well, I'm well sure it's three words, possibly four words, depending if yourself is one or two. Um, but I'll let him respond to that while I look at... I mean... I. Robertson may not be an option, so we'll wait and I guess see what he says here. Will you? <laughs> um, look, let's be honest. When Mick I left first, <laughs> when I very first looked at it, it wasn't an immediate no. Obviously, you know, TAA is my first round pick, and. I go back to our very first episode where we were discussing our draft. And before that draft, Isaac said to me, and we spoke about this on the first episode pod, that 
I should not worry about where I'm picking players, whether they're goalkeepers or defenders and whether they're too high in the draft order. If they're a player that's going to get you 180 points, you pick them in order of where your 180 points is going to fall. And that is very high up. Um, yeah, sorry, not my first round pick, but uh, I think he was second or third after Son. Uh, the four words are tell him he's dreaming. Um, <laughs> not as bad as we thought. At least it was an Aussie reference. I'll take that, but it's along the same lines. The the Robbo discussion, if you're open to thinking about that, requires some more thought. I'm not going to immediately rule that out right here and now from my end, whether or not you're open to that, knowing that, yeah, okay, that's not a TAA. Uh, that's for you to think about. And we might have to revisit this in a week's time it's with the outcome. It's definitely keeping open, but yeah, definitely, I think even from my side, it's a hell of a lot harder trade to make for Robertson. Yeah. Um, helping your and, cause is I do love left backs in my team, so you never know. <laughs> I think ultimately uh, what I'm going to have to try and do first is see if I can replace Werner for virtually nothing. Are the likes of Eduard, for example, or whoever going to be available to me come the waivers? Or can I make one of those sneaky trades with one of the other managers beforehand? Um, and this might be a late week trade if it goes ahead. Or alternatively, if I can't pick up anyone for Werner, we might roll this over to very early next week. But I'm not I'm not ruling out the possibility that something can be arranged. I'll just add to that as well. Now, this is a gripe I have just about the game in general and the order of things, but a trade between managers cannot happen after we've seen what happens in the waivers before that game round which is a really frustrating thing. You know, I don't know if that's just the way we've got the game set up with the administrator having to say yes to it. But to me, that's it's quite frustrating that you can't make a trade. Like Dave said, I want to see who I can get in free agency first, who, even if he waits for all the waivers to see who's still around. Um, but yeah, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a strange one. I feel like if two managers say yes and the administrator says yes... should be able to happen any time be before the game day cut off. Yeah, yep. absolutely. But maybe that's just my vote. Maybe we just need to look at that next year. Um, and we just need to... I guess the reason they put that in is to prevent end of season, people trying to trade just to give someone a win to if they know they can't. But hopefully we can trust each other enough that that won't happen, even though we know it happens in the background. Um, it's just a matter of, yeah, it's just a frustrating one that you can't do it in that order. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's our little interjection, Isaac. Feel free to continue. As no you problem were. at all. I'm I'm glad that led to absolutely nowhere. Thank you very much, guys. That was fantastic. Um, Five no, minutes no, of really your good. life you'll never get back. <laughs> oh look, you know, I was I was just on it having a look. I'm like, maybe I could um, hijack maybe, the trade. Well, may, maybe I could make uh, Dave an even more ridiculous trade, but turns out I couldn't. So you know, that's okay. 
no, no, Mick, I think there's merit there. I understand where you're coming from. So, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. I might I might have a look at my team and see if I can snake a, a good asset from Dave. And just, sorry, just to close out, um, again, we've spoken about this in previous trades, but I did pick up Robbo, not necessarily wanting two Liverpool defenders, but he was the best available. And with in the back of my mind, the potential for him to be trade bait down the track. So, yeah. I think there's I think there's some room to move and this has a little way to, to go. Very nice. Look, we will wrap up this podcast just by looking at game week five really quickly and uh, determining maybe what the best uh, potential games are that might lead to the most fantasy points. And of course, we, we it would be terrible of us not to finish up with Mix Magnificent Mega Magic Multi which all of our two listeners are really looking forward to. So who should we start with? Um, Gilby, have you, have you managed to have a look at the game weeks? Now, just to, 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 to be clear, we've got Newcastle versus Leeds. We also uh, have Wolves versus Brentford. And then on Sunday, uh, Burnley versus Arsenal, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace, Man City versus Southampton, Norwich versus Watford, Aston Villa versus Everton, Brighton versus Leicester, West Ham versus Man United, and then Monday morning for us, Spurs versus Chelsea. So, Gilby, who are you going with? What's your pick of the round? Uh, it's probably out of two for me. Um, I don't want to gazump anyone else's pick, so I'll pick one of them. I will pick uh, Spurs-Chelsea. Um, Spurs did not look good at all. In the last round, they had the lowest expected goals of any team in the entire round last week. Did not look good in attack and look really vulnerable in defense with a few of their dramas. So Tanganga is obviously missing out. Dyer may or may not be injured. Ramiro and Sanchez returned from quarantine the day before the match against Chelsea. And given the form Lukaku's in, I know that there'll be a fair few people looking forward to some really big points from Lukaku. Most of all, Dan, who will probably be cheering on that one, uh, really hoping to uh, make up some points there. So that is going to be a really interesting one for a few different people. I know uh, I think Nate owns Kane in our league, and he has not looked like a premium striker at all so far. So there'll be a few interested onlookers in that one. Very nice. Um, Dave. Your game, who are you going for? Yeah, look, I'm just going to surprise absolutely everyone and say Watford again. Um, <laughs> let's give me the opportunity to, I guess, explain that one. We're away to Norwich. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, Watford only have the three points from the very first game against Villa. Norwich uh, are on zero. And this is a very early season relegation six-pointer. Um, I think it has the potential to be a very open game. Obviously, they're not top half sides uh, and no one expects them to finish in the top half. Uh, but yeah, hopefully it's entertaining regardless. Absolutely. Look, I'm going to go similar vein. There's two games that I'm sort of looking at that I think are going to be... Um, Absolutely open. Uh, the one I'll go with is 
Leeds Newcastle. Um, Newcastle at home, I should mention. But uh, their defence has been incredibly poor and we know how much Leeds love to attack. So I'm expecting a, a big number of goals there. Um, I'm not sure if Wilson's going to be fit or not, but if he, if he was, you could almost expect that he'd bang in a goal as well because Leeds tend to open up at times too. But um, I'm going to... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Leeds Newcastle. I think there's gonna be a fair few points in there. And Mick, I hope you've been doing some research. I hope we haven't stolen your game, but we are looking for mix magnificent mega magic multi, all because um, you know you get the pick of the round. Your beloved team aren't in the Premier League, which we've touched on already. What can the punters expect from you? What what odds are they gonna get? Is it gonna be worth their while this week? Yeah. Firstly, I just go. My match of the round isn't the multi-round, multi-game. So my match of the Ooh. round in terms of fantasy value. Now, that's the way you phrased it. So I'm going to yes. go on that. I'm looking at what an interesting match it would be, Villa-Everton. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one that you'd probably look pre-season. You'd go, okay, that should be a pretty close match. There's a solid chance Everton come out and win that pretty easily, I think. Um, and that's without DCL, quite possibly. So Villa have not looked very good at all. Um, the only team they've beaten is Newcastle 2-0, um, whereas Everton, you look at them and they've been pretty consistent so far. Um, looked at expected goals and Everton are well above where Villa are. So for me, fantasy point value-wise, that's where I'm looking. Um, I think that's going to be match of the round. But that's not the main question. That's not what you wanted to know. I oh. said before, I think it's going to involve Wolves again, and I think it will. Now, they have Brentford off the top of my head. Yeah, Brentford it was. Those two teams, defensively, two of the most solid teams in the league and they're not teams you'd expect. So, my multi is a low-scoring affair for this one this weekend. But I think Wolves will have too much. I think Brentford's going to set up a low block. Wolves are going to have to try and play through it with guys like him and... Uh, sorry, not Jimenez. Um, Traore, Trinkau, um, is it Huang? They're going to like to play on the counter-attack, so it's not going to be... You've got, there's two options here. Now, I have gone for one, but a Jimenez corner, a header from a corner, or a Says header from a corner. Um, but I'm going to be with, this is the multi, nil all at halftime, one nil full-time to Wolves with a Ruben Neves outside the box goal. Oh, That's that's the multi. Wow. Um, now, unfortunately, you can't predict outside the box goal, but one nil full-time, nil all halftime, Ruben Neves, first goal scorer, obviously, Paying a cheeky $75. So there's a bit of value in that one. Um, Again, I've not been around the mark without really hitting anything yet. So I I figure 75 to one. Much like Traore. I only need to get one all season to make my money back. So I got another 35 chances after this one. So now remember, guys, make sure you gamble responsibly and don't make any bad decisions. Like following my advice. Yeah, gambling responsibly (laughs) would uh, be not taking mixed advice. Yeah, absolutely. I Look, I, I think it's uh, you've you've totally gone off script there by 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 bringing up a multi that hasn't got anything to do with the the game you think will bring the most fantasy points. So well done. I think uh, you've done a tremendous job there. So uh, we'll have to wait and see whether that pans out. Look, guys, it's been a fantastic chat. It's been it was it was lovely to have a uh, almost or almost not trade in there. Um, that was out of the blue. So well done, boys. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that one go progresses and whether we've got news next week. Who knows? But, uh, guys, thanks so much for being with us. And, um, look, 
we'll we'll convene again next week and see how the league's going and see if anyone can chase down Gilby or if um, Ronaldo manages to to score more points for Mick and move him further up the board. And uh, yeah, until next week, have a fantastic week, everybody. See ya. Take care.